Hi, everyone. It's Bryce. Welcome to episode one of our brand new podcast uh, with the team from Red Fox Media. Uh, quick intros all around. I'm Bryce. I'm Faye. I'm Paul. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. So um, this is, as you might know, our first podcast for this round. Um, so we are starting today just talking about what is Red Fox. So Paul started Red Fox when he was younger, and we're newer to the team, What's but up? really enjoying it. So just jumping in. So what caused you to create Red Fox? What inspired you? Yeah, well, um, I always thought filmmaking was cool. Did a lot of special effects. My dad handed me a camera when I was like four. Uh, he said, if you, hey, start recording here, and then you run out of the frame and you stop recording and start recording again, it, it looks like you teleported. And so I just thought that was like the coolest thing ever. So then as I got more access to computers and cameras and as, you know, technology improved as well, I was able to get pretty cool editing software and do some fancy effects and ended up with Spanish projects where pasting in little explosions in the background and diving with Nerf guns and, I mean, classic, like, high schooler stuff. But uh, then one day somebody was like, hey, I'll pay you, like, $400 to film this video. And I thought, wow, this is the greatest day of my life. And then uh, my dad was like, wow, my son can actually make money doing this, so I think this is an okay career path. Yeah, I'm curious about that. What was the first project that you ended up actually making money on? Uh, I filmed some training DVDs for a children's pastor somewhere. Yeah. Um, so I borrowed my church's camera equipment. Uh, filmed on a green screen and just gave him the raw files, no editing required. And so that bought my first laptop. Okay. Um, started, started the trend of reinvesting into the business. So, yeah. So that's kind of why I got started. And, and over the years, it's, it's transitioned in what its goal is. Um, but, but for us now and, and kind of our overarching goals, like we want to get to the point where we can make movies for people and make films and tell stories creatively. Um, and we've seen a huge need in the business market because people make really bad commercials all the time and people don't know how to tell their stories. Mm -hmm. um, and so we can bring our talents to that to help them communicate better with their audiences on not just an intellectual level, not just saying, hey, my car costs this much less um, than other person's car, but communicating on a real emotional level uh, that, that film can. Um, and coming from an engineering background, I am not the typical person to kind of do this sort of thing. Uh, so that's kind of our mission is to is to use the power of film to take businesses to the next level. Mm -hmm. So and that, that's slightly a sales pitch. But for us, it's a, it's a whole lot of fun. It's a whole lot of fun to be able to tell people stories. Mm -hmm. And it's very rewarding. So knowing that Red Fox is out there to make films and we're out here to create and tell stories for businesses specifically. That is the practical thing of what we do. That's what we. That's the product that we sell. But on a fundamental level, what is it about us that is trying to change our industry, trying to change our culture, trying to impact the people that we're trying? Like, what are we actually trying to create while we're here? And so I think for us, one of the, those key advantages that, that you were talking about or, or the way that we differentiate ourselves is um, through... Uh, a lot of people who are filmmakers are artists. Like, that's just who they are. It's what they do. And they don't have a lot of uh, business sense. So a lot of times it's difficult for them to, one, set goals and objectives to be able to say, what is my final product going to do? They walk around a room and they throw a tennis ball at a wall for three hours until an idea, like, hits them. And I know that's not how all artists work, and some artists are more methodical than others. But for a large part, a lot of these people that we're competing with are um, – those artist types um whereas and then there's a whole other group of people who are just the business people they whether they started as artists and just became business people 
they aren't they don't have the the passion anymore to push things forward and they just kind of tell the client yep sure sounds great i'll send you the invoice when we're done and so to be able to bring those two things together where we say hey we're super passionate about filmmaking and us structuring the company in a way that that some in a light way pits creative against the the budget type thing like we have intrinsically forced ourselves to take people who are passionate to push the boundaries of each individual project whatever those boundaries are in a way that's both profitable a way that makes it easy for businesses to understand because we have business people on staff who can talk to them and communicate them and we all work to grow to be able to use their language and use their jargon and interpret for them what they need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that whole kind of intersection between art and business is, is, a, is a great place to live and I think is, has really set ourselves apart. So One thing that we've really started implementing uh, toward the end of last year and coming into this year is our strategy mm-hmm. of um, not just having a client say, hey, we want to make a video like this and hopefully it'll do something, but really emphasizing what is your video going to solve? Mm-hmm. Um, what like why do you need it what is it going to do um do you want to talk a little bit about the importance behind that yeah so it's important to have everything has to have a goal mm-hmm. if, you, if you go into something and you don't have a goal how you know how can you expect to get there there's a thousand quotes from a thousand famous people that all say set a goal and you're gonna it's way better so mm-hmm. if we go into a project and a client says well we want to make this broad group of people in multiple different demographics do a generic action that that's not something that we can do and an an example of that is um like let's say joe's burgers comes to us and says we want to make a commercial that that speaks to everybody between the ages of 18 to 55 and i mean their income could be anywhere from twenty four thousand to a million dollars um and we just want them to like our restaurant better, you know, like, and that's actually a pretty specific set of goals more than we normally get. But so let's take that. So think about what that could be in your mind as you're watching this or doing whatever, um, listening to it. Think about what that commercial might be. Now think about if they said, Hey, we want 24 year olds who make $30,000 a year and we want them to come in and buy two hamburgers this week. That's a totally different ball game, mm-hmm. you know, because we can do some crazy ad campaign with a celebrity or whoever being like, we need you. And then we like cross target them between different platforms. That way they see it all the time. And it really does get them in the store. Whereas that that first one, it does have a purpose. It's just that people think about video as it has to be this generic thing because I don't want to make a billion of them. And they don't give themselves strategic goals. So then video doesn't accomplish what it is intended to do in the purpose, intended to do in its purpose, which is communicate a really specific goal on an emotional level to to such an intrinsic degree that it becomes part of the person. When you really connect with somebody through film, it it not only does your goal, but it connects with them and becomes part of their thinking and a part of their ideology. So then you're talking about the relationship and kind of where I want to go next is is the relationship between what we do and marketing because mm-hmm. we we are not class well yeah, we are we're, not a, we're yeah. not a market company we're, yeah. we we classify as far as an asset to a marketing yeah. company mm-hmm. so i so talk a bit about and, and compare and contrast between the similarities and the differences between what somewhat what a, a traditional business would would come to a marketing company for and what they might come to us for and 
what that relationship could be similar or how could that relationship be different? Yeah, so businesses can come to us directly and they they have to have, we'll, we'll define our terms here in a second, they have to have a marketing strategy before they can really come to us, um, but they don't have to have a video strategy. And those two things oftentimes get welded together, but they don't have to be. Um, so we create the uh, end medium that a marketing strategy may ask for. So a marketing strategy could say, we need photos, we need video, we need uh, podcasts, and we need web copy type stuff, obviously. Um, and then they'll say, we'll deploy this over six months with an end goal of increasing revenue 3% or something like that. That's a, that's a marketing strategy. Now, in that, a subset of that is video strategy. How are you going to use video to accomplish the upper goal? Now, the nice thing about and inside the marketing strategy, there should be things of tone and target market and all these other sorts of things. But inside a video, you get the really unique opportunity to have um, to communicate in seconds what all of the other mediums get to communicate over the entirety of their existence. Like, I mean, there's 24 pictures a second and we get to communicate that to people. So imagine if you could go boom, boom, boom and show people an entire marketing booklet in three seconds like i mean if you watch if you go to any of these websites that have banner videos or if you watch commercials like just think about how much tone and message and what you know about a brand just from watching one of their commercials like a really good commercial from like a fortune 500 company it's awesome so when you are ready to do video you can come to us and say hey we either a need a video strategy or we need content ideas so like we can help with the creation the ideology or the ideation of, uh, of, a, of a video project. And then we can also help you with execution. So there's the two sides of our process. Yeah. Um, there's the creative side, and then there's the production side. Mm -hmm. So a marketing company may come to us and ask us to produce a project, or a business may come to us and say, we need a strategy to put out videos and then have creative come in after that. Um, so being able to break that down is important. But what we're not here to do is to say, um, necessarily what your tone is. Um, that's what a marketing company is for. If you do not know your tone and do not know your target market and do not know where your business needs to go, that's when you need to talk to whether that's a business consultant or uh, a, a marketing mm -hmm. firm uh, for, for those types of things to help you with whether that's logos, fonts, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then we can help you with the rest of it. And, and so a lot of times those can get rolled together, but we do offer the strategy aspects and the idea creation aspects. Because once you tell us, hey, here's the message we're trying to communicate, and we can help you figure that out to a degree. It's not a product we, quote, offer. But if you come to us and you're like, hey, I kind of know what I want, and we're like, well, we can help you get those last couple steps of the way. So I know that was a long-winded answer. No, that's I mean, great. Gave us a lot to, gave us a lot to talk about. Um, so... I think I'm finding a, there's a lot of advantages to talking about what we're not before. <laughs> like yeah. we, we cover all, we cover all the things that, of what we're not. Um, so, what we are is a is a combination of a we we are a film production company mm -hmm. as well as a corporate film company. Like that, that's kind of the that that's the exact balance that we strike. Um, and there's a lot of filmmakers out there right now mm -hmm. um, that are just trying to make films yeah. and then sell films. They take them to festivals, just try to sell them to festivals. And I've had multiple conversations where I've had startups be like, well, why don't you just do this? Mm -hmm. um, and so the, the answers vary back and forth depending on the context of the conversation. Um, but I am I am curious, and I think mm -hmm. 
a lot of people would be curious to know why a end goal film production company Mm -hmm. isn't trying to jump the gun and just say, hey, let's just go make films. Let's try to sell those films. And that's the product that we're actually trying to put out as opposed to let's create all these business, let's create all these business relationships. Yeah. And then, so what, why are we not doing one No, that's good. I I was beating around the bush on it a little bit because it's like how much of our business podcast do we do to our like dual purpose goal here? Like as a business, obviously you guys know, um, we have two goals here. The first is to make films for businesses um, to for us to have a sustainable functioning business, obviously. The second is to more or less use our profits and our margin time um, to go make feature films uh, and to do that in a sustainable way. I mean, there, there are stats where it's like first-time directors, like 98% of them don't make a second film. And then second-time directors... It's not a similar. It's a it's a dramatic number. Exponential so, fall off. Exponential fall off in terms of who actually continues making films after that. I hear too many stories of people going into credit card debt or getting financing or loans or investments for their first film, only to burn it all and make a bad film and never be able to do it again. Um, so for us to be able to do that sustainably by having people on staff and by having the equipment. Um, I think we have a much better shot of telling the stories that need to be told. And that doesn't just mean feature narrative films. That means documentaries for nonprofits we care about. That means doing really any type of creative project our our team needs because the the business is not here to serve just me and to make a profit. It's to serve the creatives because too often they're taken advantage of. Um, and I want to build a business where people can feel safe and be creative and have a steady paycheck. Um, while also being valuable to society because oftentimes creatives don't leverage their gifts to benefit society Mm -hmm. as well as they should and so to provide that structure for them as well. So both serve them to let them be creative but serve society by having them be productive uh, is a win-win for everybody because businesses end up getting better videos and better media. Mm -hmm. We get to do what we love to do and get better at it and we all get to do it in a financially responsible and stewarding way. So, yeah. So here's the magic question. Oh, so why don't we do it the other way? Because the other way is untenable. Um, it, like if you mess up, you mess up. Yeah. You know, and and like there, it's it would be very difficult to get back on the horse. You, if you, fall you spend off. a lot of years being very frustrated. For sure. By not having. By t- having had your opportunity yeah. and not knowing what to do with it. Yeah, it's a huge gamble. It, it's saying, hey, let me raise $100,000 for me to not pay myself mm-hmm. because you're not. Yeah. You're, you're, you're spending your time for free. People don't think about how much it costs to pay themselves things. Um, and then with the hope of you selling it for $300,000 at some film festival, which is severely unlikely, especially for a first-time filmmaker. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that we hear great stories about it all the time, but it's just severely unlikely that a first-time filmmaker is going to get their film sold. Yeah. And with that being the case, I wanted to give myself or, or, and our team more than one shot at it. Yeah, so. which I greatly appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you, learn very, you learn very quickly that a lot of first-time creatives, when they step onto set for the first time, that or they step on to a set with the expectations of creating something for clientele like that like that that relationship doesn't go away if if for example i were to go work independently and i were to raise all this money i am still responsible to the people who funded my film to meet their expectations so no matter where you go on a creative level there are going to be expectations set on you by someone right. yeah. so even in this context for me getting to go out and direct all these awesome projects, I meet and be able to meet and then exceed these expectations. Like that's a habit. It's habit forming. And it's 
giving me a great basis to work from. So yeah. I'm greatly appreciative of that. Um, so from your perspective, as that what you were talking about earlier, the, the combination of business owner and creative artist, um, what makes video or film a better medium to m- communicate with? Yeah. Yeah. And better is for sure subjective. Mm-hmm. Like there's obviously times when a still frame or, or copy on a website may be the better medium to communicate through just because you don't have somebody's attention for that long, mm-hmm. you know. But if we talk about if you have a captive audience, uh, I think it's a hard argument to make that something is better more often than not than, than film mm-hmm. um, because art as a whole, like Again, we're talking about art mediums, whether that's copywriting, photography, filmmaking, any of these things to communicate something. Um, as I'm talking right now, I take uh, ideas, turn it into language, tell you, mm-hmm. and then that goes back into an idea. Yeah. So that, that takes a step, and miscommunication can happen along the way. Mm-hmm. Now, miscommunication can happen in art, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but in art, I take an idea, I turn it into art. And then that art gets understood intrinsically into an idea. So, so it removes a level of, of the intellectualization process, and it is more directly communicative emotively. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of that, you get to communicate um, things that words can't communicate in the first place, feelings. And have you ever been in a situation where you start talking to someone and you're like, shoot, there's not, there's not like a word that describes this thing, you know? And so I'm putting together all these words to kind of give you this picture, but it just doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. But then you show somebody a 15 second video of what it was like at this one party and, or, or this one yeah. event or this one concert. And it's like, oh, they, they kind of get it. And, and so really feel that for your business. So now, I mean, think about the movies that you left and you've cried, like mm-hmm. why? It was just images on a screen, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, what if you could take that and apply that to your business. And, and, and businesses do that all the time. Think about some of the best commercials that you've seen where it's, it's not just communicating some intellectual information, but it's communicating a worldview and it's communicating a passion that said business has or said whatever has. If anybody has an idea, you can communicate it through art, but it requires a much deeper understanding of both who you are and why you are doing what you're doing yeah. um, to be able to communicate. But when it does happen it's so much more powerful than any other thing because you can because you can communicate change over time Mm -hmm. unlike other mediums can't it is a temporal art form like music Mm -hmm. that is just so potent emotionally that you start getting into storytelling and then at that point you're talking about what does it mean to be human Mm -hmm. and if there's any there's i mean there's nothing deeper than that there's no deeper way to get at a person than talking about what makes them human. So, and when we and you talked about creating value for creatives to be a part of this organization. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the value we create for businesses who do business with us. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of what you just said is incredible for us to latch on to. Yeah. What does what we do how does what we do bring value to someone else's business like how can a business owner and and that now we're talking about like the relationship between that sorry (laughs) whacking your microphone from from that over here to this whole subset of people who who maybe just don't get it yeah yeah how where's that bridge and then how and how is that value created for sure the first the first thing is if you're not doing any marketing at all like like this is a totally different discussion Mm -hmm. um marketing is there to communicate what you know about your business to somebody else. Um, 
if you think, why in the world would, like, if you own a shop, it's like, why aren't people coming to my shop? And it's usually because people don't see the shop the same way that you see the shop. Like, if you're sitting there and you're putting all this passion, you're putting all this work into making garments, or you're putting all this work and passion into whatever you do, and people aren't coming to do it, but you still find it valuable to do in the first place, it's because people aren't seeing that value that you hold. And so that's what we're trying to communicate is how do you see your business? We're trying to let people understand that on the deepest level. And so think about like if you've ever seen Rocky, like of course you've run up some steps and like thrown your arms in the air. That's what you want people to do except for your business. You know, think about having that passion and that emotion about what you do because it, it's not about them knowing about it. It's about them getting it, you know. Um, so that, that's what we bring to the table. So if you're not doing marketing, that this is a totally different discussion. Mm-hmm. If you are doing marketing, think about, do any, does any of your current marketing elicit that emotion that you get when you leave the movie theater? Mm-hmm. Or does it elicit that emotion that ties people to feeling to their iPhone, you know, like compared to like the people who love Mac will not leave Apple for yeah. any reason, uh, whether that's iPhone or Macintosh or whatever. Um, yeah, that, that's just what we're trying to help people do is to create such strong brand recognition and such strong brand loyalty because we've communicated that emotion on such a deep level. Mm-hmm. So that's what we can bring to businesses. Great. Second question. Mm-hmm. Why Louisville? Well, I mean, that's where I grew up. Um, but it's also, it, it's, a nice, it's a nice market because it's small enough that small businesses don't get fully drowned out. You don't have to be the luxury niche brand to make it here. You can still be a mom and pop shop here. You can still do these other things. Uh, and for a long time, it's been a small town. Um, small town of a million and a half people. Yeah, sorry. Well, for a long time, it's had that small town vibe where it's like, it's who do you know, who's this thing, who's whatever. Yeah. But we're getting a huge influx of people who only Google stuff. Yeah. You know, like if, if you guys need a plumber or an electrician or whatever, what you're going to do is you're going to Google it. You know, Louisville plumber. Yeah. Or how about this? How about instead of Googling it, you look up on YouTube how to fix it. Mm. Now, who's going to show up? Probably some random guy. Some some random guy not from Louisville, your area. Now, if you say, how do I fix this in Google? The video localized will show up. So this gets a little bit into SEO. That's a whole other conversation. it, It is a whole other conversation. But just think about the ways that that could improve your business you could have people calling you from across the country you can have people calling you from wherever yeah. if they do live in louisville yeah. and they look you up and jim bob is the one doing the plumbing then if they can't For figure sure. it out themselves that's who they're gonna call exactly because they watched him he seems really nice he seems to know what he's talking about yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and that, that's a nice subset but it also and like again it gets into seo but the um louisville's great because it, there's a huge opportunity for businesses that are small now mm-hmm. to really blow up um, we're going to have a huge influx of people who only use their phones, who only get their information information from the internet. Uh, and the best way to communicate on the internet is through video. Just like full stop, no no questions asked. Mm-hmm. It, it's video on the internet. Yeah. Um, maybe in the rest of the world, and maybe before 2007, like you could make an argument that video wasn't as important as these other mediums. But there's with the internet and smartphones, there's no question. So right now, there's a big discussion going on right now. And on the internet and online and among entrepreneurs across the country, around the world, on the content itself. Mm-hmm. And we as a company focus on making better content. Mm-hmm. We focus mm-hmm. on making excellent content. content. Yeah. yeah. Make, 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 so, but but that's, that's, that's the conversation that's going on right now. It's, it's less about making 
good content and more about making more content. Yeah. The balance mm-hmm. between more and good. And I know that we're yeah. probably in the vast minority when it comes that right now in the conversation anyway that better content yeah. will win at the end of the day. I firmly believe that mm-hmm. and I can talk for hours as to why I think that, but I do want to hear your take considering yeah. your thoughts on better versus more. Well, obviously there's a balance. There's a minimum threshold. Like it, it honestly kind of mirrors the supply demand curve, you know, type thing of if you if there is no content online and some person films a super shaky video of whatever you're looking for, you're going to watch it. But if your choice is between super shaky video and really nice polished professional video, 10 times out of 10, you're going to watch the super polished professional video. That's what it comes down to. If there is anybody else even remotely near your niche, you got to make your videos better. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean you need to spend all of your money to make one video. It just means you need to meet whatever threshold that is of quality. And so, and and this is where it gets into diminishing returns types of things. You can spend $100,000 to make a video that's probably 20% better than a $20,000 video. But you can spend $10,000 to make a video that's probably 100% better than your $5,000 video. And then it's once it's same thing. So it's an exponential curve of like of just in terms of diminishing return of what you get for what you spend. So you got to be able to make the investment. But that doesn't discredit like making a, a lot of videos. But if you had to pick, you just got to find that balance. It's not like throwing a thousand videos at the wall that are all bad is not going to help versus making 10 decent videos there, there's just a saturation well it's not even the conversation of bad anymore yeah. it's videos that all look the same yeah yeah that's true yeah. and obviously this would depend on it specifically what we're talking about like in terms of the con- like who it is who's asking for it or whatever yeah. um but I, I would tell those people hey there's a balance here and if you go for most people they need to think about better mm-hmm. because the quantity will come because they're already thinking about how do i do this sustainably you know, so if you're already if your mindset's already how do I make a thousand videos sustainably, then let's gear the conversation towards okay, let's turn the knob a little bit towards better. Let's turn the knob a little bit towards better, mm-hmm. um, because again, you're going to be lost in the crowd if you don't make your videos better. Yeah. So Louisville is hub for small businesses to blow up and develop and freaking crush it. Mm-hmm. How do they? If they expand, if, if they, they stay expand. here. You're just small mom and pop shop, and you might have a good career yeah. and like be here for a long time. For sure, but you have that base here that you can for sure expand. From. Absolutely, absolutely. the The question then is, how is our product accessible to the people that don't have the financial stability, financial backing where they are right now? to have the accessibility to the good stuff. Because what we make is the good, good stuff. Mm-hmm. How do they get the accessibility to the good, good stuff? And what is the what is our relationship to them specifically? And how do, how do we as a company balance out people that ask us for a lot, but we can only give so much because, like we've talked about previously, film is expensive. Yeah. Well, it, it comes down to we, we work with them and to try to figure out what their goal is. Um, but then we also have to... Uh, balance what they need. So, so we it really comes down to what are they looking for? What are they trying to accomplish? If you're trying to talk to, if you got a smaller business um, and you don't have a ton of money to make a lot of videos, we'll try to find that one video that puts it over the edge. It may be an about video. It may be a 30 second commercial that you run on Instagram. It depends on who they're targeting and how they're targeting them. Um, 
but we'll try to find that one bang for buck thing so that way they can uh, get the most out of it. Or we might shoot um, a larger piece of content that's nicer and then cut up smaller things so then it becomes a lot more smaller videos. So really it is a case-by-case basis, but but we want to work with people to help them understand what they really need. Um, not like we don't want to make everything 100% because sometimes it's overkill. Sometimes it's overkill. And so we want to tailor it to their needs. So, And I think that ties really well into how earlier we were talking about strategy. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we care so much. Like Bryce and I have met with clients before where I've said, like, you're not ready for us. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in a rude way at all. But it's like I it would be a disservice to you. Yeah to make this video because I don't think it's going to help you and you're not going to get a big return on it. And um, moving back to to strategy, like we were talking about earlier, um, when someone has a goal and it's like, hey, I'm willing to put this decent size amount of money Mm -hmm. on this video because I trust this strategy. Mm -hmm. I trust the process. I trust that the video is going to, like you're talking about, play on that intellectual and emotional level. Mm -hmm. And it's going to bring me returns higher than what I put into it. (laughs) And that's really what we're trying to do for people. Oh, and we're also, we need to like take into account that we're changing the verbiage on this. Mm-hmm. When people think of video, they're thinking of buying a video. Mm-hmm. When they're, it, it's an investment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they have, oh, like yeah. you have to For think sure. of this as, it's not a, you're not buying something that is temporal and it's locked in. When people think of, in Hollywood, Hollywood thinks of films as investments, mm-hmm. as billion dollar investments. Business, it's the exact same. Mm-hmm. What you're investing in is a re- is hopefully a return on that investment to be Im- to impact yeah. your business in a positive way. Like it will help your business grow. You just need to take the necessary steps and up the investment mm-hmm. to see the greater return. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's like and it comes down to the changing with, the verbiage and mentality surrounding it's it. It's about like like we can go to them and say, "Hey, if our one video helps you get a client, like a singular yeah. half a million yeah. dollar client, like it's you got to spend, the, it's paid for, you know? <laughs> and, and usually video, like if you use it correctly, a video can do that. Yeah. Now for some other clients that we talk to, it's are, like they're selling, they're making a profit on like burgers of $3 or $4, like a cost, then, then it gets into the whole like, what is the cost per customer acquisition, all these other sorts of things. But it really does become a like, if you run $1,000 of Facebook ads on this, on this video, or $10,000 of Facebook ads on this video, then how much return are you going to get on that product? Mm-hmm. Like if our, we can run the numbers and show if somebody watches this video, they're 25%, they're 30%, they're 40%, depending on whatever the goal was, more likely or going to show up to your thing. It's just a math problem. Mm-hmm. And it's just like any other investment. Marketing doesn't have to be this nebulous, like spend some money and hope some people yeah. show up kind of thing. Like there's a reason statisticians get paid so much money because we can look at things like this yeah. and tell you we get to move people. We get to change the way that demographics and change the way that people move through society and the way that they spend their money. Mm-hmm. We change economies by marketing, yeah. not anything else. Why do governments spend so much money on communicating with people mm-hmm. and certain other government types take over communication mm-hmm. mediums because they need to convince the population of certain things. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing. We are convincing populations of truth and the truth that is true about your business because that's what moves people the most and gets mm-hmm. them to open their wallet and give you money so you can keep doing what you care about. It's well, incredible. Everyone our age, like we're, in, yeah. if it's, I mean, I, I hate to like shove us under the bus like this, but if it's not video or easily accessible, like 
There's not a lot of people our age who are going and looking oh, for, for sure. stuff. I don't want to read an article about something. I want to watch a three-minute video about it. Yeah. I want to be entertained while I'm reading. I'm, That's exactly <laughs> right. I want to be entertained. Yeah. <laughs> if it's boring, I don't, I don't want to watch it either, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm watching these old uh, house renovation videos, and, like, I look at these some bad YouTube videos that are terrible that are made now, but then I go back and look at, like, this old house where it's, like, going through and like telling you really well with this guy and like in the past that would cost so much money and now yeah. it still does cost some money but it's like something of that high investment level is still returning yeah. value to me as a consumer mm-hmm. like that's huge think about your videos being able to last that long like people think of videos as such a temporal thing but if you have good content like yeah. people can watch it for decades yeah. like literally decades Absolutely. so Absolutely. And what you were talking about earlier, um, like we work a lot with nonprofits, mm-hmm. like we love working with nonprofits. And uh, what I really appreciate about the nonprofit industry is like they get it mm-hmm. like they're willing to pay us to make a super nice videos, mm-hmm. just smash it out of the park because they know mm-hmm. like they know, hey, we're a nonprofit. We live on donations, yeah. but we're willing to put this cash up front because we know that we're going to get a ton back yeah. from it. And mm-hmm. I love that about our nonprofit network yeah. that we work with it's, it's once people get it. Yeah. it it's once people get that this is an investment and that it's measurable and that we can do great things with mm-hmm. it and it's going to get a return it, it's pretty smooth sailing and it's just the people who don't get that uh, that we always have a hard time with so yeah. on things being boring mm-hmm. um like uh, so so park howell um on linkedin posted this i think it was like I want to say it was like just over three weeks ago. He posted this amazing video on on storytelling inside of the business world. But he was talking about uh, drama-driven data, mm. like driving home data being this very like at times completely un- misunderstood, being a boring subject for people to v- dive into. Like recognizing that there can be stories and there can be like understanding the reasons like why in a very practical real life scenario now like connecting this mental capacity of data surrounding surrounding your business and connecting it to real life actionable stories like here is how this data is impacting day-to-day lives on a daily basis and being able to do that one just speaks to the power of storytelling and if story and if film speaks to the accessibility of storytelling then i think we as a company are in are trying to bring something to a, to the Louisville market that goes beyond what has been traditionally done. Right now, Louisville is hyper-focused on growing their businesses by communicating better numbers. Mm-hmm. At some point, the table's going to tilt and they're going to come to the realization that they have to make those numbers be applicable to a wider number of people. Sure. They have to be applicable, accessible, and they got to be freaking entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like, better than just... Here is the spreadsheet of success that we've seen so far. It's got to be better than what yeah. than that. And it's got to it's got to be it's going to be storytelling. It is. I did have a one last thing I wanted to wrap on, and um, I'm sure that some people might be like, "Hey, so Red Fox, why did you um wait to start your podcast until Oof. the coronavirus started?" Um, and Paul and I were actually talking about this this morning on how um we don't think it's going to hurt video that much because. Hmm. As people are self-quarantining, as people are um, social distancing, um, they're intaking social media and video so much more. Because what else are they going to do? They're home alone or with their families. and They you want can to be entertained. Only put up with your families for so long. <laughs> and uh, so do you want to talk a little bit about that as we close? Sure. I mean, even even like people were 
way hyping Netflix and Disney Plus going into this mm-hmm. with, with their stocks, and, and Netflix had to come out and say, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, it's going to be good, but, like, maybe not, like, that 100% yeah, yeah. good. But yeah. really think about it. Like, I mean, I've already seen so many of my friends say, hey, we're going to watch all of these series of movies since we're going to be at home so much and all these other yeah. sorts of things. And at some point, people are going to get bored of that, and they're going to have to look for other content. And so if you're right there being able to provide – whether that's entertaining content, like just people are going to, so many more eyes are going to be on so many more screens um, that you got to get your story out there. But more so than that, if you have a business that relies on communicating information to people, um, it is critical that you switch to video like yesterday um, because your message is no longer getting out there. People are not trafficking your stores and you have to continue to get your message out there and keep on the forefront of people's minds Mm -hmm. and we have an incredible infrastructure in this country to be able to deliver product remotely Mm -hmm. through things like ups fedex and usps um you can still make sales and this does not have to be an economic drought for you all if you switch to video Mm -hmm. if you do not adapt and you do not switch get ready to tighten your belt um now it's critical so. Awesome. That was a great note. And I think that Bryce and I are actually going to talk about that a little bit more this week. Yes. Um, so stay tuned for that just because coronavirus is um, yeah. kind of taking over our lives. Like yeah. it's not something you watch. Like I remember when I was young watching like a uh, young like World War Z and uh, I Am Legend and stuff and being like, wow, so spooky, but such a like interesting concept. Yeah. And now it's kind of like, yeah. oh, <laughs> it's way, it's way less intense, though. Yeah. Is that? Like, it's yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. very like. This is a very. This has been a very silent apocalypse very, we've like, been experiencing. Spooky, it's odd. Like it's still really spooky. I mean, I was out driving around today, um, getting footage and avoiding getting sick, and like, there was nobody. Mm-hmm. Louisville was empty. I was yeah. like, what? Where did everybody go? Which, if if you are concerned, we we have taken mm-hmm. precautions. We're wearing gloves on shoots, and we're disinfecting equipment when we get back, and we try to keep six feet away from everybody. Speaking so like, of, gloves should be permanent. Okay. Gloves should like. We'll cross that bridge man, later. No, no, no. Not, I'm not necessarily for us, but I mean, like, in the service industries. Yeah. Okay. I went to go get coffee over at Quills. It was awesome. And they had these, and there was one girl in there making a coffee with black latex gloves. And I was like, that looks freaking classy. I love that. It reminded me of going to Derby, Derby City Chop Shop does the same thing, but they do it all the time. And I'm like, mm. what if on a universal level, we just applied black latex gloves mm. to everything? I mean, It'd be again, amazing. it comes down to the branding. Like, yeah. is that yeah. the kind of brand that you want? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But going back to what you're talking about of, of like, why are we starting the podcast now? Yeah. It's like, yeah. there's for sure a, the cobbler's son has the worst pair of shoes, mm-hmm. you know? Um, for us, it, it's tough to take time out of our schedule when we're making all these videos for other people yeah. to yeah. make stuff for us. Yeah. Uh, and I hope that this is a good change for us mm-hmm. as a business that we get to put content out there to really help others and really help others see um, the value of, of things. Because this isn't just a sales strategy. Mm-hmm. It's us informing people of how they can use video to make their businesses better, yeah. whether that's through hiring us or whether that's through getting online and learning how to do it themselves, you know? Yeah. so Awesome. Well, Paul, yeah. thanks for staying with us and chatting. And yeah. um Bryce and I will see you guys. We're um, going to try to do this every single month, and we're going to have mini videos coming out as well. So um, yeah, gonna it's going to be really cool, and hopefully you don't get tired of us. We're pretty fun. So Hi. <laughs> subscribe. Like, subscribe, do all that jazz. Um, connect yeah. with us on LinkedIn. Connect yeah. with Paul on LinkedIn. And, also, uh, um, yeah. this will be part of our newsletter, but if you're not signed up for our newsletter, yes. 
please do that because mm-hmm. we're going to be not only doing these fun, entertaining podcasts, but we're also going to be um, doing some educational style videos that yes. will help you regardless of whether you come to us and ask for a video or whether you're trying to do it on your phone. So we to really want to educate content the for community. yourself. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, and we love to answer your questions. Like yeah. we gen, we genuinely, even if you have a hundred bucks in your pocket and can't afford to do video right now. Like if you have questions about video, like email us, Let's reach talk. out on LinkedIn. Like we, we just want to help. Like mm-hmm. we care a lot about video and we want to instill that passion in other people. Yep. So, Thanks so much. See you next time. See ya.